On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This October, Overwatch 2 arrives. I'm going to give you a rundown on what to expect from the new free-to-play team-based shooter game. There are a ton of epic heroes to play, each with their own unique abilities, personalities, and roles. Charge into battle as a guerrilla scientist, take aim as a cybernetic super soldier, or heal up your team as a rollerblading DJ. No matter what mode you play, work together to get that dub. Overwatch 2, free to play October 4th. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Tuesday, December 7th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you. Uh, we should be joined by Andrew McGinnis momentarily as well. We're ready for a Tuesday uh, NHL card uh, featuring plenty of games as usual uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we have, uh, it looks like, 10 games on the slate. We're looking forward to breaking those down. Just briefly want to touch on the couple of the games last night. We saw two teams, of course, with coaching changes. It worked out well for one team, not so well for the other. And you can pretty much predict which one it did work out well for and which one it didn't. We said, you know, the Flyers are playing a damn good avalanche team. Mike Yo saying, you know, if we're going to get out of our goal scoring drought, we got to push tempo, really move the puck faster, better, play with pace. Yeah, and play with fire, you get burned. Uh, and that's yep. what you do against the Colorado Avalanche. And Alex kind of hinted at that uh, yesterday. Yeah, they did generate some goals. Yeah, they did get a little offense. But yeah, it's no good when you're giving up 6-7 at the other end. Uh, like the uh, like the Flyers did last night to uh, Colorado. So a very, very good game from a betting perspective for me is someone that I took a small shot on the Flyers. That's the only thing I lost in that game. But uh, the first period over, the full game over, I bet that both teams to score plus 150 uh, in the first period. Uh, that got there. So that definitely turned out to be a good uh, result. And to be honest with you, it looked like it was a good result and a good night for not only me, but everybody that watched and listens to the show. Uh, on a daily basis. And it feels like more and more when the hosts, Andrew and Alex and Jimmy and I have a good day and a good night betting NHL. A lot of our viewers and listeners do uh, as well. I'm seeing Chris Otto at PSU Auto having a big night last night. Terry Edelman had a great betting night in the NHL last night. Uh, Melissa, usually when she has a good night, so do we. I mean, and it's just, you know, kind of like we're, 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 we're giving you the info and the recommendations, but you know, it's up to you guys to decide whether to tail them or fade them or what to do on your own. And it seems like it feels like, you know, when we have good nights, so do you uh, listening to the show and watching the show. So it's really, really good to see uh, a night like last night. I do want to say on the positive side of the teams playing their first game with the new coach, the Vancouver Canucks, a very, very impressive, just businesslike, workmanlike performance, taking care of business. Uh, against the LA Kings, a 4 nothing shutout win. You know, I saw a lot of energy 
I saw players, you know, really playing well on both sides of the puck, about as good a defensive game as I've seen the Canucks play in a while, which was really good to see. Um, you, you like that finally you saw some offense from this team as well. And the honeymoon is on for Bruce Boudreaux here already at night one as the Vancouver Canucks head coach. Could it have started any better? He has one of the more entertaining introductory press conferences that you'll ever see. I mean, that's the one thing with Bruce. And you can criticize the lack of playoff success in the past. You can't criticize him for being dull and boring. Okay, he's entertaining. He's a colorful character. And he was full of wit and rapier-like wit and humor uh, at his press conference yesterday. And how about one of the things he said, Alex, during that press conference, talking about Brock Besser specifically, saying, you know, Brock Besser, I talked to him, you know, I, 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 I remember when you played against uh, my teams in Minnesota, your first game in the league, you scored two goals against us. You know, when we didn't have a clue who you were, we want you to get back to shooting the puck. You know, shoot or shoot, shoot the yep. puck more uh, to get out of the slump that Brock Besser's in. And wouldn't you know it, the very first goal of last night's game against the Kings and the very first goal for the Vancouver Canucks of the Bruce Boudreau era scored by Brock Besser. Uh, you, you talk about just a perfect night one and game one for Bruce Boudreau behind the bench. Not only does he win his first game, he's basically saying in this first press conference, Brock's got to shoot the puck more and he'll have more success. And sure enough, he scores the very first goal of the game. I mean, you can't script that shit. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Surreal that that happened and played out that way. But credit to the Canucks. It was a definitely a much more spirited uh, effort from this team. And you wonder now, does this team have a run in them? Do they have that, that not just that first win with the new coach? Do they have the chance to go on a little bit of a streak now uh, moving forward? That ends up being the big question. I like the little jab he had at his goaltending from the Minnesota <laughs> Wild days during the press conference too, Alex. You'll <laughs> yeah. appreciate it as someone that's living in Minnesota. Terry Edelman, Minnesota Wild fan extraordinaire, uh, will appreciate it when he said, you know, a couple of years ago when I was dismissed in Minnesota, we were actually not a bad defensive team. We were number one in the league and fewest high danger chances allowed. Problem is we were 31st in save percentage <laughs> and he was not, <laughs> not a good combination. Yeah. Blame exactly. Devin Dubnik and Alex Stalock for that mm -hmm. as what I was saying on Twitter. But uh, Alex, what were your thoughts on uh, last night? Well, one, we got to give props to you for absolutely crushing the exact score of that Dallas Arizona game four to one stars. Uh, so whoever tailed, I'm sure I, I don't even know what the odds were for that, but it had to be something pretty significant. So, uh, kudos to you Ian, for, for hitting that, but just, uh, like I said, some interesting games yesterday, obviously, like I said, the Vancouver game couldn't have had that any better. What three nights ago, they were throwing their jerseys on the ice. And then next thing you know, they're giving the team standing ovation. So, uh, you know, it seems like I said, things might turn around sooner than later. I don't think it's going to be enough to get back into the playoff race. A lot of stuff going on in the Pacific now with San Jose and Anaheim still playing decent. But you look at the flip side with Minnesota, with, uh, with I say Minnesota because of Philadelphia, the, the old Minnesota connection of Fletcher and Yo back together. And I said it, I'm like, Mike Gill's really going to try and run pace against one of the faster teams in the league. And what do we see at the first period? 4-3. So if you had any kind of over, team total, full game, first period, all of it cashed. Uh, and uh I wish I was watching that game closer because I would have been hitting the live goals. The, the way that they were scoring that second half, of that first period, if you're betting next to score or just betting the, the live in-game total over, you probably could have cashed two, three-plus prices in a row. So that's that's one thing, like you said, you know, hopefully you guys are winning when we're winning. 
But hopefully you're definitely taking in some of this kind of information and some of the you know tactics we use to to really zone in with these live plays. And that's what's going to be huge, I think, moving into the second half of the season. Lines will get tighter once the bookmakers stop focusing on football, stop focusing on on you know uh, some of these early basketball tournaments and different things. And, you know, we'll still be able to find value in money lines and size, but in-game wagering has really become, I mean, it's a big staple of mine. I, I would say 40% of my plays this year have been, uh, you know, live wagers. And, and, and that, that seems to be the future of the sport as far as from a profitable uh, way of wagering. Uh, so that's something to keep a note of. Yeah, there is no doubt about it. Uh, definitely uh, a situation where, uh, you know, live betting is definitely uh, the way to take advantage in the NHL. I mean, there's just so many great opportunities. It's betting maybe the superior team, if they have a sluggish start, they're down a goal, and all of a sudden the favorite becomes a plus price, you know, in live betting. And it's just totals, slow start in the first period. Uh, someone mentioned this to me uh, the other day, or it was actually last week. He has been having success blindly betting uh now you maybe want to you know tread lightly that's not always going to work but games that have a zero zero or one nothing first period which means an under one and a half in the first period you mm-hmm. bet over one and a half in the second period and he, and you find he's doing really well with those kind of betting yeah. uh, situations so keep an eye on that oh yeah there was last year i'd say let's go back to 20 so 18 19 the, the, the end of that or 1920 the, before the pandemic stoppage if i lost the first period over I pretty much went back to either second period over or the team that was trailing to score next and pretty much would cash that. It was it was at a, a ridiculous clip. So even if I took a loss with the first period over, I could adjust and get at least half of my money back betting something in the second. So that's the thing. Some things lend to to deeper trends that you won't be able to find that, you know, they'll be hard to chart, honestly. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, Chris Otto doing the Lord's work by charting everything individually for, for period to period. Just try to chart, you know, who's down after 20, but then they come back to tie the game in the second. That that would that would be, uh, you know, you'd be picking straw out, out of gum, basically. So this is definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, something that we try to just, you know, pinpoint on our own and we make our own little notes. And that's what we try to bring to everybody. Yeah, no question. And uh, like I say, I'm going to keep an eye on that personally. I have been, and I've noticed that slow, sluggish, low scoring starts to the game, particularly in the first period. A lot of times that turns around second period, especially. So uh, definitely want to uh, keep that in mind. So yes, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Everybody watching on YouTube, it helps us out quite a bit. And I do want to mention what Terry Edelman brought up in the chat. Clever by the Canucks fans down the stretch of that game. Tag teams epic hit from the 90s whoop there it is was played uh at rogers uh arena last night in vancouver and they turned it into bruce there it is bruce (laughs) there it is a very very clever and the uh, end of that four nothing of victory last night so the canucks are more than a little bit stoked to have bruce boudreau as their head coach like i say it's a honeymoon phase right now they win the first game they shut out the la kings we'll see if they can turn that into a little bit of a roll and a hot streak moving forward, but uh, we'll get to them. They're back in action tomorrow night, and we'll talk Vancouver tomorrow on the Wednesday show. Uh, let's get to Tuesday's card. We'll start with Tampa Bay, Montreal. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 210 uh, road favorites in this game. Uh, five and a half shaded to the under uh, the total uh, in this one between these two teams. This will be the first head-to-head meeting of the regular season between the Lightning and Canadians, which means it's the first meeting since their Stanley Cup final series uh, last year uh, in July. So revenge for Montreal? Hell no. Uh, not for me. Not for this better. Not with this ravaged, depleted, 
Montreal lineup at the moment, Jake Allen and net, but man, I mean, the issues with this team from a uh, injury and COVID-19 standpoint, they're absolutely immense right now uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Yoel Armia, Jeff Petrie, Josh Anderson, Joel Edmondson, Brendan Gallagher, Tyler Toffoli, uh, and of course, Shea Weber all year has been out, but that's who you're missing tonight uh, if you're the Montreal Canadiens. That is just a huge uh, group of player personnel, really both ends of the puck. Offensively, key forwards are out. You're, you're just absolutely riddled with injuries and absences now on the blue line. Uh, defensively, you're going into tonight's game with your six defensemen looking like Ben Sherratt, David Savard, Alex Romanov, Chris Weidman, and then your third pair is a real big fall off in terms of experience and really ability, to be quite honest with you, because I've never been a Brett Kulak fan. Everybody knows that going back to the playoffs last year when I don't think he played all that great. He's playing with Kale Clegg. You know, that's your third pairing tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens on the blue line. So just a gutted, riddled with injuries, key ones on the blue line. There's a lot of production missing up front. Good news for Montreal, though, is at least Ryan Paling, since he's been called up to the team, four goals for him uh, since he's been called up. Nick Suzuki, you know, has found a little offense lately for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, they're going to need them and more uh, to hang with this Tampa Bay team. I think it's going to be difficult. The Lightning have won three in a row, beating St. Louis, Boston, and just routing Philadelphia, which led to the exit for Alain Vigneault. Uh, on Sunday, that seven to one beat down the Lightning, uh, you know, handed out to the Flyers uh, in that game. Uh, I've been impressed with the Lightning too because look, they they're without some key personnel up front. We've talked about how you know obviously they've been without Kucherov for a bit. Uh, they're still without Braden Point, but Stamkos has really carried the mantle. Anthony Sorelli has stepped up in the number two center spot, and all of a sudden you're getting some depth scoring as well. Corey Perry is starting to find the lamp light the lamp. Maroon is, even though your Boris Kachuks of the world are, are scoring a little bit now for Tampa Bay from a fourth line uh, on this hockey team. So uh, definitely you're impressed with how the forward group has collectively stepped up because you're not supposed to lose a Kucherov and a point, you know, and just be able to still be able to chug along and score goals at a pretty solid clip. But the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing that right now. This is a just a ravaged Montreal team. The only way I would go here is the minus one and a half at plus 120 Tampa Bay puck line. I'm going to actually take a rare puck line here. Ian puck line, not Jimmy. Uh, Tampa Bay minus one and a half plus 120 uh, in this one. And certainly from a totals perspective, look, you're not going to see me betting unders with a team that's got cluster absences on the blue line like Montreal has right now. And that could be trouble against Tampa. So I would only go over five and a half. Your smaller bet for me on the over as well in this one. Alex, your thoughts here? Lightning and Habs. Yeah, we got pretty much the same idea going. What I like here is the, the team total over three and a half with Tampa Bay at plus 115. I saw it as high as plus 125 at one book. Uh, I think that's astronomical because look at how Montreal's played. And I know Andrew mentioned this a couple of weeks ago about how if the Habs score three or more goals, you know, chances are they're going to win the game. They're six and two in that spot. When they score two or fewer, that's pretty much all of their losses. So, uh, you, you got to look at that and, and say, okay, right, five and a half, they, you kind of count on them to at least get one, maybe two. Uh, but it feels like, you know, you're more likely to get that total because of Tampa Bay scoring three or four. And also they're trending to the first period over, even though their full season numbers have been good. Six and four in their last 10, I think there's some good value getting uh, the over one and a half at even money. So I'm going to go uh, Bolts team total over three and a half, and I'll go first period over. All right, so that's the Tampa Bay team total uh, for Alex, over three and a half. 
Uh, you can get that at plus a price and a Tampa Bay Montreal first period over one and a half in this one, which is right around even money. So pretty good price with that as well. All right, New York Islanders, Ottawa Senators. We've got the New York Islanders minus 145 on the road here in the Canadian nation's capital. Uh, five and a half, the total uh, shaded to the under in this game. This is one game I've got. I've, I'm not involved in tonight. Uh, there's not many that I've got absolutely nothing going into the game from a betting standpoint. But this is one of those games. I'm just not comfortable yet laying this kind of number on the road with the Islanders. I got to see them win a game. You know, right now this team is still finding ways to lose. Gut wrenching each of the last three games. I mean, they were right there to finally snap this just awful losing skid that they're on. Uh, but lose to San Jose in overtime. Lose to Detroit in overtime, and then lose to Chicago. Uh, in a shootout on Sunday. I mean, they're right there. They're just right there. The New York Islanders with chances galore to finally snap this drought and, and snap this losing streak. Um, but right now, uh, it's just not happening for the uh, Islanders. It's just the offense has had a really tough time, uh, you know, sc scoring goals during this 11-game uh, losing streak. You know, the COVID-19 outbreak set them back. The long road trip before their brand-new arena got opened UBS arena set them back early in the year as well. So this is definitely a team that's just had a, a, a shit ton of issues to sort through. And it's hard to put a good product on the ice when you've got a long road trip to begin the year. It's endless. It's over a month. Uh, and then of course you get just dealt the COVID-19 blow uh, that they did, you know, ravaging the roster and they still don't have everybody back. There are still a couple guys that are still out, although they're more injury related. Now Pullock, the defenseman, Ryan Pullock and, Brock Nelson's not coming back uh, until later this month at the very least. So uh, definitely an issue right now with backing and trusting this Islanders team on the road. It is back-to-back -back for Ottawa tonight. 3-2 shootout win against New Jersey. And I said, you know, New Jersey can't be laying minus 180 uh, last night. And sure enough, it played out that way. Ottawa, nice big dog winner for me with that game as they get the win in the shootout. Uh, against the New Jersey Devils, 3-2. to two. Disappointing, though, that the best bet on the show was the over in that game, and it fell short. Uh, only, you know, two losses last night. One of them was the show best bet. So I was frustrated about that. But uh, nevertheless, credit to Ottawa now, three in a row. Remember, they just couldn't win a game uh, to save their lives when they came out of their own COVID pause. You know, it was a really rough start. Uh, the losses to Colorado, San Jose, Anaheim, L.A., that terrible loss to Vancouver. DJ Smith kind of called the team out. We're going to see what we're made of, who's tough mentally, physically. And sure enough, since then, they've beaten Carolina, Colorado, and Jersey. Uh, three straight wins, but second night of back-to-back -back games, it is a little bit tricky here. I am going to have a small, small bet on the over here, just because of the strong series history with these two teams. Seven and one to the over in the last eight meetings, four straight overs in Ottawa. I know this Islander team can't put a puck in the ocean right now. That concerns me, but my goodness, if it's ever going to happen, right? It's an Ottawa defense that's not great. Second of back-to-back. Goaltending that's marginal at best right now, regardless of Gustafson or Forsberg in net for Ottawa. So that's the that's the small bet here again, over five and a half. I can't go more than that because I don't love where the Islander offense is, which is in the tank right now. Uh, but nevertheless, if there's ever going to be a, a night where you can say maybe the Islanders can get their offense ignited, it's got to be maybe a night like tonight here against a suspect Senator D. And I think Ottawa can contribute maybe to the scoreboard. So just tiny bet over five and a half for me in this game. I actually, I said I wasn't going to bet it, but I will bet that at the over five and a half just because of that series history, which is very, very strong. And let's be honest, Ottawa at a five and a half is 
tough to pass that up when it comes to over right now. Alex, what do you think here, Isles and Sens? Well, I was happy with that Senators game last night because I had the draw. Uh, I was able to cash that at uh, plus what plus three four. Oh yeah, great call. Yes. Yeah, so I I felt that you know that was a, a good move, and I might go right back to the well here with that. I wouldn't be shocked. Like I said, obviously the Islanders are in the poorest of form, uh, and then this, this is an Ottawa team. Like I said kind of you know chipping away victories, but they still aren't really playing great hockey. Uh, you know, like I said that that win they needed the, the overtime to shoot out to to wrap things up. But, uh, I just feel like this could be one of those games that said we should be getting an effort from the Islanders at some point. They want to turn this thing around. They figure Ottawa's a bad enough team and, you know, their mind they could beat them, uh, even being shorthanded. I could see this being a close game, maybe a 2-2 or 3-3. And once again, we cash with that, that draw in 60 minutes. So plus 320, I'll go with the draw. Of course, we have college football bowl season coming up. This is the COVID-19 bowl. Uh, right here, uh, Islanders and the Senators are the two teams that have had a little shutdown this year and uh, and a pause on their season because of it. So uh, that's a, the commonality, the common thread with these two teams facing off tonight. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got Toronto minus 250, uh, home favorite, six the total in this one. It's another team where the injuries are mounting a little bit for this Toronto team. Injuries slash suspensions. Uh, of course, it got a little rough uh, toward the end of the Winnipeg-Toronto game on Sunday night. Uh, and, of course, in that game, uh, Neil Pionk suspended two games for uh, the knee uh, on uh, Rasmus Sandin, a defenseman for the Leafs, who's actually played, I think, a lot better. Good puck mover, really skates well, plays on the power play for this team. Sometimes he's a little bit, you know, undersized and, you know, gets pushed around in front of the net. You know, he's got to improve a little bit in terms of, you know, defensive uh parts of his game but there's a lot of things to like about Rasmus Sandin and his game on that blue line so so missing him for the Leafs will be significant and the big news is Mitch Marner which this little injury now that he's suffered is not so little anymore it's going to mean a lot of time out now for uh, Mitch Marner with the shoulder injury he just had an MRI and now he's going to be out for upwards of a month they're estimating three to four weeks for this absence for uh, Mitch Marner so uh, disappointing for the Leafs, definitely. Just as they're starting to play some terrific hockey, they're they're surging. Uh, they have this terrific run, and now all of a sudden there's the little speed bump. The injuries are mounting. You know, Sandine's out, Marner is out for this team. Travis Dermott, uh, the blue liner, is not going to play tonight. There's a good chance Jason Spetz is not playing if he gets suspended uh, for the uh, retaliatory uh, hit that he laid. Uh, on Neil Pionk in that Jets game. So could be a short-handed leaf bunch tonight. So the injuries mounting, maybe a suspension to, to Spezza. And now they've lost uh, two games in a row to uh, Winnipeg and Minnesota uh, over the weekend. Uh, it does, in theory, look like a solid bounce-back spot, but I'm not going to lay minus 250 with a team that's going to be a little bit short-handed tonight, coming off a couple road games uh, over the weekend like the Leafs. The question is, can you trust Columbus? And this team had lost four in a row before beating San Jose uh, six to four uh, on the weekend. I mean, this team has definitely had their uh, struggles defensively, the Jackets, uh, in recent games. Uh, I could maybe see that starting up here. Uh, again, with the absences for Toronto, you never know how it's going to translate on the ice. Is it going to make them worse offensively? Is it going to make them worse defensively, you know, going into tonight? But one thing I've seen with the Leafs here is, you know, their defensive game just has slipped ever so slightly the last two games against Minnesota uh, and against Winnipeg. And in fact, now they've given up three plus goals in three straight games. And to me, I think they can get three plus goals against Columbus when you look at this game, because the Jackets really are having a tough time defensively. And they've had a tough time against some teams that don't have the 
offensive skill, talent, and depth that the Leafs do. So uh, even with the injury concerns to the Leafs, I am going to go over six here, plus 100. Nothing on the side, but we'll get in on the over in this game for me between the Jackets and Leafs. Uh, Alex, Columbus, Toronto. Yeah, I'm like the over two, but I'm going to go first period with it only laying $1.25 with that uh, one and a half. We've seen Columbus seven in the last 10 go over. And like I said, we might see more of a, of a decline defensively uh, with Toronto, even though they still will have some offensive punch. But like I said, it, it could be more that it's 2 nothing Columbus as opposed to 2 nothing Toronto or 1-1 one, one game. So you might even want to look Columbus uh, money line in the first period too. But I like that first period over a bit more. All right, next up, we've got uh, Nashville and Detroit. Nashville minus 120 uh, road favorites, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, the Predators are coming off an overtime win against uh, Montreal, 4-3. Uh, the pattern lately has been loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win for the uh, Nashville Predators. They've had a difficult time stringing two wins in a row uh, lately. Uh, we'll see if they can break that trend tonight uh, against Detroit, who have suddenly won five in a row. Uh, going into this game, three of them in overtime uh, against Buffalo, Seattle, and the Islanders. They had the upset win against uh, uh, Boston, uh, and I was on the Red Wings as a big dog in that one, and I know Jimmy really liked Detroit uh, in that game against the uh, Bruins that night. And, and they also had a nice home win against St. Louis. And don't look now, the Red Wings have actually won uh, four straight uh, on home ice going into uh, tonight's game uh, against the uh, Nashville Predators. Yeah, 5-0, and oh, sorry, in their last five home games. So, uh, they've suddenly uh, play, uh, been enjoying life in the pizza box here uh, at Little Caesars Arena uh, in Detroit. Uh, it's Detroit or pass for me. I mean, you can't tr- – Nashville's just, you know, going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Nashville has played better, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the head-to-head uh, series history. It's been pretty heavy in favor of Nashville, four straight uh, over Detroit head-to-head. I don't know if I'll bet it. Don't know if I'll get there. Because with Detroit, as much as I look for spots to bet them, I'm looking for Detroit – I want some bang for my buck when I bet Detroit. You know what I mean? I I like betting them when they're getting plus 140, plus 150, or the plus 180 like they were getting against Boston, where when they go and play those, you know, upper echelon teams, or that side when I find we really get sometimes the best effort and performance from this Detroit uh, Red Wings team. So uh, I I just don't love the value here, but certainly it would be Detroit or pass for me in this game, and it's probably going to be pass personally. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Preds and Red Wings? Yeah, if I had to play anything here, it would be Detroit. I, and I agree with you completely as far as, you know, you want to get a, a bigger plus price with them. But I, I just feel like they're, you know, just like you said, with the current forms, uh, I would take Detroit more, you know, uh, here in this spot than I would more often than I would Nashville. So, like I said, I probably would add this to my to my card. It wouldn't be like a, a you know, it wouldn't be a big client play. It's probably a half unit uh, selection if I were grading it like that. So uh, I'll go with Detroit. All right, Detroit is up about plus 110, plus 115 is what we're looking at here uh, with the uh, Detroit Red Wings here as home dogs. Uh, Definitely, I'm looking as well at uh, Lucas Raymond, goal scorer prop tonight. Uh, That is a bet that I've already made three in the last five games uh, in terms of goals for Lucas Raymond. He's got seven points in the last 10 games. So whatever you can find for Lucas Raymond props for the Detroit Red Wings tonight, whether it's goal scorer prop, whether it's to record a point, to score a point, I think both of those are definitely uh, worth looking at here. He is just, he's a great player. I mean, he's got, you know, all, he's got all the tools right now uh, for this uh, Red Wings team. Playmaker, uh, you got 12 assists on the year to go with the 10 goals uh, on the season in 25 games. I mean, you're talking about a, almost a point per game clip for Lucas Raymond this year 22 points in 25 games uh, for the Red Wings. So they got a player 
No question about that uh, in Lucas Raymond. All right, we got Anaheim and Buffalo uh, next up. Anaheim minus 120, uh, road favorites here. The total six, uh, pretty much even money, slightly shaded uh, to the under uh, in this one. Back-to-back -back for the Ducks. I did lean to Anaheim. I did not end up betting Anaheim last night. I'm kind of glad I uh, didn't bet Anaheim, but tough if you had Anaheim. Not only did Anaheim go to a shootout with Washington, they were leading in the shootout. And it looked like they were going to win the shootout. Uh, and then Washington tied it on the third shooter for Washington, tied it in the shootout, and then they ended up winning in the extra rounds of the shootout. So really tough if you took a shot with the big dog there, Anaheim, last night uh, in that 4-3 uh, shootout loss to Washington. Anaheim's now gone over the total in five straight games. I mean, here's another one, like, like Seattle. These are the two teams out west, Alex. When you think of Anaheim or Seattle coming into the season, Alex, did you say, well, these teams, you're going to bet some overs with this team, these two teams, and you're going to win a lot. I didn't think that. I didn't think that about Anaheim. I didn't think that about Seattle coming into this season. And here we are, Anaheim, five straight overs going into the game tonight. And now after last night's over cash with Pittsburgh and Seattle, Seattle's now 13-3 and three to the over in their last 16 games. So these are two unexpected uh, over-trending teams, and it's been that way for Anaheim. Why has it been that way? Well, first of all, their defense and goaltending – I don't think it's at the level it was last year. But what's a lot better than it was last year? Their offensive side of the puck. I mean, my goodness, with the young talent they've got, it's been impressive. And what's been impressive, too, is Getzlaff didn't play. Henrique didn't play last night in the game against Washington. They're still scoring goals. I'm impressed with Dallas Aikens juggling the lines. He's He's, he's got a good temperature of the team. He knows who to elevate. He knows who to bring it, you know, in the top six forward role when he's got some injuries. It worked out well with Sonny Milano. Uh, so far up there on a top six forward role, Ricard Raquel has kind of stepped up lately, you know, with uh, some of these other uh, absences up front. So it's been impressive to see Anaheim still be able to score, uh, even without their captain Getzlaff and Henrique, and of course, Zegras and Terry. It goes without saying what great young forwards they've got for a long period of time with those two uh, in the future. Buffalo, on the other hand, uh, just continues to struggle to win games one and eight. Uh, in their last nine games. The only win was against Montreal, 4-1 to one at home. Uh, Montreal team that's uh, one of the worst right now uh, in the NHL. So it's been a struggle here for this Buffalo team. They've trended over. They're 6-2 and two, uh, to the over uh, in the last uh, eight games. Uh, like And by the way, the overs five straight have cashed to the over for Anaheim uh, on the second night of back-to-back -back games as well. Uh, you look at the series history, that is 4-2 to the over in the last six head-to-head -head meetings. Uh, it looks like for Anaheim tonight, we should see Anthony Stolarz in net after Gibson got the call last night. He's actually been all right, Stolarz, uh, in net. But I think he'll give up a couple because, you know, you, again, we talk about this all the time. The team on the second night of back-to-back -back games, especially on the road, they're a little bit fatigued defensively. You could see that show up tonight. And on the other side, Anaheim should be good to score a few goals tonight against this Buffalo team who will be going with the young kid up from the AHL. Again, we saw him start a few games last year. Uko Pekka will be in net here for Buffalo. Uko Pekka is his first name, by the way. It's Uko Pekka, and then Lukanen is his last name. See, I used for the, when I first, you know, when he first got that first start last year for Buffalo, I was calling him Uko. And then Pekka Lukanen. I thought the last name was hyphenated. No, oh, okay. the first name is hyphenated. Yeah. It's Uko Pekka. And then Lukanen is the last name. So Uko Pekka Lukanen here uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Kind of feel, sounds like pick a pack of pickled peppers whenever you try to say <laughs> that uh, 10 times fast. There. Right. Uko Pekka Lukanen, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he'll be in net tonight for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, the young Finn. 
Um, look, he just got, I think, AHL Player of the Week or something uh, down with the uh, Rochester team. So he had a good week, but his overall AHL numbers this year actually aren't very good, to be honest. Uh, in the AHL level for the entire year, he has a 3.42 goals against average and 888 save percentage. And now he's got to come up here and play in the NHL tonight, start against this Anaheim Ducks team, which again, is scoring goals. We don't think we didn't think that coming into the year, but they have been a much improved offensive team. So for me, it's over the total here uh, of six between the Ducks and the Sabres. We've been on these Buffalo overs for a while. Anaheim's gone over in four straight. And even with the back-to-back on the road, Alex, I'm taking Anaheim minus 120. I just think it's cheapier. They're the better squad right now. Uh, I think even after the tough loss last night, there's enough there for Anaheim against just a weak team defensively right now for the Sabres, a very, very uh, suspect, you know, unknown in net. Not not that he's an unknown, but I have my doubts he's going to play well with some of the numbers I'm seeing from uh, Lukanen in the AHL level. So Anaheim minus 120, over six for me uh, in this Ducks-Sabres game. Uh, Alex, Anaheim-Buffalo. Yeah, that's the same way I'm looking to with the over for the full game. Like I said, you know, Anthony Stars has been decent, 3-2-1 and one with a 2.82 goals against. Uh, he's certainly not, you know, showing the signs of, of you know, just, he was like letting goals in before uh, when he had limited duty. Backing up John Gibson, he's turned into a true solid number two goaltender. He's not going to be a guy where if Gibson gets hurt all of a sudden, he can be elevated to the one status and, and really do some damage. I think that's where we would start to see him wear down. But as a true number two in an era where we, most teams have 1A, 1B, uh, Stars is a good option. And like I said, Lukanen, he's you know, called up by necessity because they brought Malcolm Subban in. He looked terrible. We already know about Aaron Dell, no Tokarski, no, no uh, Anderson. So uh, it's, it's it's up to the goalie of the future to do something right now uh, for Buffalo, but I don't think that's a chance. I, so I'm with Ian. I'm going to go full game over six. I'm also going to go Ducks uh, minus a dollar twenty. Stay away from regulation because this could easily be a game that goes like three three in overtime. Yeah, I think and I'm. It could be a one goal game. Wouldn't shock me. I mean, this is not you know the the best scheduling spot in the world for the Ducks. No question. And Buffalo's you know a little bit more rested. They've been off uh, and they're sitting waiting there for uh, Anaheim since Saturday. Uh, when they played against Carolina. So uh, definitely a scheduling edge for Buffalo, but uh, that's also factored into the number and the price. That's why you're getting a reasonable price with Anaheim. The schedule, I think, has been baked into this line, and that's why it's cheap here for Anaheim. And I still think, like I say, they can get the uh, job done here uh, in this one. And I think you'll get a good effort from Anaheim because they've lost two in a row. You know, I don't think they take Buffalo lightly here after two straight losses. All right, Florida and St. Louis now. We've got Florida minus 160. Uh, road favorites, six the total in some spots, six and a half, though, with the majority uh, of books right now. So make sure you shop around if you're going to bet the total in this game. Uh, obviously, there is uh, plenty of uh, concerns here for the Blues. They're a little bit banged up right now. Jordan Binnington, their top number one goalie, remains on IR. David Perron is out. Robert Thomas is out. Justin Falk on the blue line is out. Tyler Bozak, a great two-way center for the Blues, is also out for this team. I mean, that's some key personnel. That you are uh, that you have MIA tonight. Uh, if you're St. Louis, that's probably the reason for the line move. But the even bigger reason for the line move is the likely return of the captain of your Florida Panthers, Alexander Barkov, tonight uh, from injury. That has definitely played a part in this uh, line being driven up. And this is a rare situation where you ne- rarely see this. You have an Eastern Conference team versus a Western Conference team playing a back-to-back against each other. You know, you don't see that very often, but they played over the weekend in Florida. Florida got the 4-3 to win in a shootout uh, over St. Louis. 
St. Louis has gone over the total in four straight. Florida has gone over in three straight. I hate to be a broken record, but I understand why the total is going up here. Uh, it, it feels like we could see some goals. Six and a half, though, with St. Louis. I kind of want to pump the brakes a little bit. It, it is getting up there, but, I mean, Florida is still scoring goals, and now they're going to have Barkov back. So I think definitely you're going to see some offense here. I certainly understand the move to Florida, but here's the problem now. Now it's minus 160. If you got in on Florida at minus 115 or minus 120, minus 130, minus 140, hell, any price before you, it, it got to the point where it is now, good on you, great bet, good price, good luck. Wish you all the best. I'm not laying minus 160 now, and here's another reason why I'm not doing that. It's that old dreaded angle that we've seen rear its ugly head this year. The top player comes back for the team. And in the first game, they all slough off. They all think, oh, just we got our guy back. We got Barkov back. Or if you're Colorado, we have McKinnon back. Or if you're Pittsburgh, we have Crosby back here. First game, we're going to go out there and just roll and we're going to win. And what happened in, for each of those instances? First game back for Crosby with Pittsburgh, they hold an L. Colorado, first game back with McKinnon, they hold an L. I'm worried about that. I mean, we've seen this just time and time and time again. It's a real thing. And we've seen it play out in the National Hockey League the last couple of weeks. First game with the top player back, one of the best players, whoever it may be. And that team often struggles to win in these spots. So that's the one thing holding me back, plus the price move. So lean Florida, but I'm passing on the side, and I'll probably just stick to a small bet on the over here. Again, six, six and a half, depending on which book you're using for this game. Alex, what do you think here, Panthers and Blues? So I grabbed this yesterday at minus $1.30. I just thought that was a, a, a fairly cheap price, and I, I knew it was going to kind of go up toward that 145 150 because of the fact that you've got no Bennington in net for St. Louis. And you're going with uh, Huso as the starter, Lindgren as the backup, Charlie Lindgren. So now uh, the way I would probably attack this if you didn't get the minus 130 would be either you could go with Florida regulation. I feel that that's perfectly fine. I think they should be able to take care of business within 60 minutes. You could also possibly go for St. Louis to score first because we've seen Florida get off to some slow starts at times. Bet St. Louis now to, to score their first goal. And then in just in-game, grab a better money line price with Florida, maybe even grab Florida to score the next goal, and then that takes care of the high price you've seen with the first period over. Uh, so, this, you know, I was talking about how there's better ways to get the same kind of bet in, but at a different price. That's the best way to probably bet the first period over, either both teams to score in the first or go with St. Louis to score first, bet uh, Florida to win and Florida to score next goal in-game. All right, good. That's good advice. I like that strategy for a game like this, definitely with uh, Florida and St. Louis. And like I say, with Alex on this show, the one thing you're going to get from him a lot here on the Ice Guys is really good methodology, strategy, and ways to really try to beat the live market, live betting market in the NHL. And uh, there's definitely some creative ways that uh, you can definitely go about it. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jarek. Uh, the Christmas tree is got to have something that Christmassy in the background. It is December after all. Melissa, your point's well taken. Huso did play well. And that's another reason I like the over tonight. Yeah. Huso had this outlier, outstanding performance. What, 50 shots or close to yeah. it close uh, to against uh, Florida on Saturday? I mean, he was terrific. He's the only thing that uh, held the Blues in the game, and he's the reason they got a point uh, in that game. He's the reason it got beyond regulation uh, in that Saturday afternoon affair. I was watching it because I was on the over in that game, and we needed that late Florida goal, 3-3, uh, to get there with it. But he was magnificent, and it's kind of like the Vimelka theory with Arizona. These guys that have these one great starts when they're kind of mediocre goalies, 
they fall back flat on their face the next game, and maybe that happens tonight. And you have a situation, too, with a, a guy who's technically a backup goalie getting another start against the same team he faced earlier. We have another situation about that coming up later, but uh, sometimes when you see that happen, you know, those teams remember, hey, this is what we need to do to beat him. This is why, you know, 45, 50 shots. That means, you know, the Florida's got just as much information on trying to figure things out by, you know, maybe changing some things it's as much as he's so, you know, facing those, the, those 50 shots. He's not going to seem to see the same quality of those 50 shots, I guarantee, if there is that many tonight. So that's something to keep in mind when you see a, a backup facing a team again for the second time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So interesting rematch situation. Like I say, you don't usually see an East versus West rematch back-to-back games, but we have one here, Panthers and Blues. All right, we go to Carolina and Winnipeg now. Even money pretty much both sides here, minus 110, uh, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the over in this game. Uh, it's not been really, it's probably the first full-fledged slump, I guess you could say, of the season for the Carolina Hurricanes. They've definitely had a rough patch here, two and five uh, in their last uh, seven games. And the victories were Philadelphia and Buffalo. Like, that's the thing with Carolina. It's not only been a slump, but the only two victories were two teams that can't get out of their own way right now. Uh, the Flyers and the Sabres during this uh, little bit of a, a skid for the Hurricanes. And injuries have mounted. We've talked about they've been without two of their six starting defensemen for a while now. And D'Angelo and Pesci, they remain out indefinitely. Uh, you're now uh, had an injury recently, the last game, to uh, Svechnikov as well. But good news on that front, uh, he's going to play and be in the lineup tonight against Winnipeg. So obviously key uh, top six forward, one of your best scorers, one of your best offensive players, bar none, uh, Andre Svechnikov, and he'll be in the lineup tonight for the uh, Hurricanes here in this game. Uh, for Winnipeg, you know, they've uh, turned it around a little bit. Three of their last four, they've won, uh, beating Calgary, uh, beating New Jersey, beating Toronto. Uh, on Sunday, uh, and the offense has come to life again. 14 goals in the uh, two games uh, over the weekend for the uh, Jets in the victories against the Devils and the Leafs. He had to figure, and I certainly did, that it was only a matter of time before Winnipeg started to light the lamp a little bit. You know, when you have players of the caliber of Mark Shifley and uh, Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor, and, and certainly it's been a great resurgence season for Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, as a team, you're not going to stay ice cold, you know, at the offensive end of the ice indefinitely. And now we're seeing the Winnipeg Jets really start to get their offense humming uh, a little bit here uh, in, uh, as of late in these uh, last couple of victories they've had. So we'll see if that can carry over to this game here tonight. Uh, you look at series history, four of the last six have been won uh, by the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, in this game. I, I lean Carolina here, though. I do. Um, I don't know if I want to go. It's just a lean. I don't know if I'll get involved in this game. I lean over. I lean Winnipeg. Because the one thing about Winnipeg now, they're starting to crank up the home overs again. And for the entire season, uh, they're 8-5 and five, uh, over the total, uh, Winnipeg on home ice. So they do have a profitable record. The total's only 5.5. I certainly am interested in the over. Probably will bet that. As far as a side goes, I lean to Carolina. Because I'll say this about the Jets. Even though they've won three of the last four, and they won back-to-back at home over the weekend. The Devils are slumping right now. That was one of the wins. It couldn't have been a worse spot, Alex, for Toronto on Sunday. That Minnesota game on Saturday with Leafs and Wild was a very intense, high-energy, high-paced game. Took a lot out of you, uh, a game like that. It went to a shootout. Minnesota won it. And then you're on the second of back-to-back games on the road, and it was just a tough situation for the Leafs. Credit to the Jets. They took advantage of it. But they're good wins, but they got 
bad spots for both teams, I think, in those games, the Devils and the Leafs. That's not going to be the case here. It's rested Carolina uh, in this game, uh, and I still think they're better a little bit than Winnipeg. So uh, I do lean Carolina here at even money in this one. Alex, your thoughts on Canes and Jets? I don't have much of an opinion on this matchup, this, and this card ended up being, being a lot bigger than I thought it would be for me. So uh, I'm just going to pass on this one. Nothing wrong with that. All right, we move on now to the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks. This is a rematch. These teams just faced each other uh, over the weekend. Uh, the New York Rangers now minus 125 road favorites in the Windy City, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, you look at the Rangers, obviously we know how well this team's playing. Not an easy team to go against. Uh, six straight victories here uh, for the uh, New York Rangers. It's just been an an absolutely outstanding run of hockey for them uh, in during this span. And what's been impressive is, you know, they saw obviously the injury to Igor Shosturkin, and we're looking at him being out uh, until at least the middle of this month is the current indication. And we've seen Alexander Georgiev, who prior to having to take over the, uh, as the number one goalie, uh, you know, with this Igor Shosturkin injury, prior to that, he was not good uh, this year for the New York Rangers. He was really scuffling. Uh, in between the pipes, but he pitches a third-period shutout against San Jose uh, on Friday night in relief of an injured Shesterkin. That was the game he got hurt. Uh, and then against Chicago uh, on the Saturday night, 3-2 victory uh, for the Rangers in that game and a solid performance from Georgiev. So he's two good starts. Can he keep it going here? We'll see. Here's my theory, though. And normally I don't love betting against teams that are on win streaks like this, but I think I might make an exception here tonight. Uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, the small home dogs. This is now a second look for Chicago. You know, they're going to see the same goalie now for the second straight game. Is there going to be some adjustments made? I would think so uh, for the Blackhawks going into this game. And you got to give Chicago their credit. You know, even the games that they're losing, you know, they're right in every single hockey game for the most part. Their record since uh, Derek King took over uh, behind the bench is still very good, 8-4 and four, uh, in their last 12 games. Uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. And you got to like the way Fleury's playing uh, right now for the uh, Blackhawks in net. Here's a guy that's kind of turned things around for them uh, as of late and really coincided with the coaching change. You know, just like with the whole Chicago team that's played a little bit better since Derek King's been there, the Blackhawks goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury's played a lot better uh, as well uh, during that recent stretch. Uh, in his last eight starts, he has a 1.71 goals against average and a 6-2 and two record. Uh, for Chicago. So I'm doing it. I'm going to take Chicago here, home dog. Uh, I think this could be the end of the streak here for the Rangers. At some point, there's going to be a game where, you know, Georgiev gets uh, maybe uh, victimized a little bit. And I think it just sets up situationally. Look, you just faced a team. You had a good start against them. But now that same team is going to get a second crack at you tonight. You know, how are you going to fare this time around? Maybe not quite as good. As far as uh, goal score props, Brandon Agel, man, how do you not? I mean, how do you not right now with him for the Chicago Blackhawks? This guy, you know, is underpriced in the goal score prop market. He's been excellent in terms of finding the back of the net lately for the Blackhawks. Uh, you look at uh, his numbers. They've been uh, terrific. He scored at least one goal now in uh, four of the last uh, seven games uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. And you get usually in that plus 300 to plus 350 range with him to score. So uh, that is a goal score prop with absolute value right now. Uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, nothing on the total. This actually could be a good under if Georgiev plays well, because I think Fleury will play well, even against a very 
potent Rangers offense, but I'm going to just stick to the side here. Chicago as a small home dog. Alex, Rangers and Blackhawks. I got to take a moment because we are in the holiday season, and that means Festivus is also upon us. So an airing of a grievance that I have with the Hawks. Uh, the other game, <laughs> the other day, they end up getting into an overtime game. 3-2 law, uh, 3-2 win, I should say, against the Islanders. But that game was 2-1 until 2.3 seconds left in regulation. They end up getting a, a, a deflected goal. And that was an absolute killer for me because I had basically no goal to score after the 2-1. to one, And I also had the old, the under 4.5 would have easily cashed basically two That's seconds brutal. away. That's so rough. That was a, a brutal beat yeah. for You can't really say that often with live bets, but those are two, uh, two brutal ones. But now... Like you mentioned, these two teams played on Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Hawks were really in that game. 4-1's a bit misleading because there was a couple empty net goals late. Hawks were, were well into that game for the second and most of the third periods. They were playing well defensively. They just couldn't get the offense rolling. Like I said, Yorgiev played well. Uh, but now, you know, a backup goalie, seeing a team a second time. Hawks playing at home. Hawks seem to be a little bit more comfortable at home lately uh, as well. Uh, kind of dictating the pace that they want. Like I said, they want to, you know, lock down defensively, but they still get some good chances and looks. And I don't know if you've noticed this, Ian, and this is something to definitely note for live wagering. If the Hawks, if they go to overtime, you can pretty much bet them anywhere, whether they're a dog or even a short favorite, because teams are playing scared and waiting for the shootout. The Islanders did nothing in that in that overtime because they were afraid of that two-on-one rush of DeBrinken and Kane, which right now seems to nearly be an automatic goal, whether it happens in regulation or in overtime. So it's something to keep an eye on with, with those two guys. And, and if you see the Hawks in overtime, they should probably be favored whether they you know, were struggling in the game early or not. Yeah, I remember it happening on uh, the Black Friday game against St. Louis uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a 3-2 overtime win. That's exactly what we saw. Uh, you know, Kane to DeBrinken, two-on-one. Game over uh, for Chicago in that game against St. Louis. So that is a dangerous combination. I mean, they're two <laughs> terrific, skilled, bona fide Team USA Olympic participants, assuming uh, the NHL, of course, does go to the Olympics, which I think right. is still very much 50-50. You know, I heard uh, Friedman, I heard Darren Drager on TSN say it's about 50-50 right now. It could go either way with that. Uh, so it's not set in stone, but obviously two talented forwards for Chicago, two of their best offensive players. You give them a two-on-one rush opportunity, you're going to be in trouble uh, more often than not. So uh, very interesting. That's that's a terrible uh, way to lose those live bets the other night, mentioning that Blackhawks-Islanders game. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thickening. Uh, but, yeah, there's been a few of those this year. That's, that's hockey. It's, uh, that's hockey, baby, like uh, John Forslund <laughs> says, in a bad way, unfortunately. Can't get and too the excited. The funny way. thing, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was leaning that way. Well, well the game was tied, and, and the Hawks got a lead, but – the thing that really made me bet that live under was actually Pat Foley. Pat Foley mentioned, he says he never, in his 40 years, as he's wrapping up his career at the end of the season, he says, in 40 years, he says, I rarely made a prediction. He says, I think next goal wins. And sure enough, Hawks have the 2-1 lead. And so I was able to grab plus 155 and under four and a half. And, you know, so he was he was 2.3 seconds away from from getting the prediction right as well. But uh, but but he saw exactly what I saw in the sense of that, you know, the urgency wasn't there with with, uh, you know, the Islanders. That's been their issue. And like I said, now noticing because I noticed this with the Hawks game that went to OT against Washington, where these these teams now are, are fearful <laughs> of, of the line of Kane and, and Debrinket and, and Jones on, on the back end because of, uh, of how prolific they are just passing the puck around. So that's definitely uh, something I have circled big time. If any of the Hawks games go to OT, I'm probably going to be on the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, that, that that stat that Foley mentioned, you know, it made a lot of sense. It's unfortunately, in this uh, instance, just didn't pan out. 
uh, properly. And by the way, I'm going to miss Foley dearly. Everybody will. Uh, this is final yeah. season with the blind. <laughs> 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 Classic. That's one of the best goaltender you know, save calls of any broadcast. Yep. It's just as it voices in a different stratosphere whenever there's a big save. It is. Particularly <laughs> by a Chicago goalie. I remember it was Ben Crawford. <laughs> All those years during the uh, Stanley Cup uh, era. But uh, yeah, right. fully forever, Jarek. You know, yes. Legend. Absolutely. With the Absolutely. Chicago Blackhawks, no doubt. All right. Before we get to our last two games, time to mention DraftKings are great partners here at the Hockey Podcast Network and the Ice Guys. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored in NFL action. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL uh, and NHL. Uh, must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, we move on to one of the games of the night, for sure, uh, in the NHL with the way these teams have played all year, particularly of late. Minnesota Wild, Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton, minus 125 home favorites here. Uh, the total currently a uh, 6.5. And this one shaded to the over. Not only a rare 6.5, Alex, but juice to the over. Uh, so that tells you obviously of the offensive proficiency both of these teams are capable of and certainly what minnesota is doing right now offensively is out of this world the last nine minnesota games eight and one to the over they have scored seven four four three is their low water mark during this run and then on the recent homestand seven four five five four uh so this has just been a, a goal scoring machine right now uh this minnesota wild squad and it's everybody you know that's chipping in uh, offensively at the moment for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Kaprizov, 29 points, 9 goals, 20 assists, 24 games. Ryan Hartman, 21 points, leads the team in goals with 13. And isn't it amazing, too, what a healthy Matt Zuccarello can give you? You know, he's at least stayed healthier this year, and he's got 18 points, including 7 goals already uh, this year for the Minnesota Wild. So uh, this is a team that's rolling right now, 6 straight. Now they're going on the road. Okay, and a lot of their best work has been at home. They're actually only seven and five uh, on the road this year. So I don't. I'm not back in Minnesota tonight. And for Edmonton, the automatic bet on Edmonton after a loss finally came to an end uh, on Sunday night. A five-one loss to the LA Kings, uh, and really a rough game for them uh, all around. D not good at all defensively. Forty shots that they gave up to the uh, Kings in that game. Uh, not pretty at all whatsoever against LA. Uh, Dave Tippett, you know, didn't love their uh, game here. Uh, challenge the players after the 5-1 loss. There are parts of your of our game that aren't good enough right now. Puck battle stuff, wall battle stuff, execution with the puck, things that allow you to play a lot harder and a lot faster. We're not doing enough of that right now. Our puck play is slow. We're chasing pucks. Uh, that's been going on for a long time now. 
So that's a quote from Tippett saying, I haven't liked our game for a while, but we've gotten away with it because we've been winning some of these games that maybe we didn't play that great. And now the lackluster play is kind of catching up to the Oilers. And when you start to look at the recent stats here, Alex, you can kind of see why Tippett's gotten concerned. They've been outchanced and outshot in four straight games, you know, even though they won two of those games. So you can see that the level of play is declining just slightly here with Edmonton, particularly on the defensive side of the puck. So will that correct itself? That remains to be seen. Uh, when you look at series history with these uh, two teams uh, lately, uh, like I said, it's been uh, pretty over heavy. Edmonton's actually really, really played well head to head. Uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Minnesota is 15-3 and three in the last 18 trips to Edmonton. On an overall basis, uh, Edmonton is 5-2, and two, or, or sorry, Minnesota rather, is 5-2 and two in the last seven meetings uh, against Edmonton. Um, the overs cashed in four of the last five. It's a really tough game from a side perspective. Minnesota's rolling. Don't know if I want to go against them. I don't know if I want to go against Edmonton in this spot at home off two, first time they've lost two in a row all year with their coach basically given them the gears for the way they've played lately, Dave Tippett. So I think both teams bring it. And for me, I'll just stick to goals here in the over at six and a half. What do you think, Alex, Minnesota, Edmonton? Yeah, this feels like it should be a goal fest. I don't I just don't feel like I really want to get involved with a six and a half. Uh, you know, I feel like we can get a better adjusted price with not only the live total, but first period total, because we're seeing twos pop up now. It's hitting that threshold of minus 165, 170. At that point, the books just go two under minus, you know, 215, or I'm sorry, 115, I should say. Uh, so I think this would be a game where we could see some some increased offense. Obviously, that's just the, the nature of these two clubs and especially the history against one another. But I would say wait. If you like full game over, first period over, wait a couple minutes. I don't think we're going to see a goal in the first 30 seconds. So you should be able to get some kind of a, a better adjust, even if it means, you know, you're laying 130 to get six or you're, you know, laying, you know, 145 to get that one and a half that's still better than you know when you cut a half a goal off all right so maybe wait for a live betting opportunity with the total says alex for the wild and the oilers that could be good i mean you just wait that you know three four five six minutes in the first period and if there's no goal you know you'll find a five and a half you will honestly you will it, it'll it, it, it's it's this proves it proves to be this way so often in the NHL, especially with these games that are lined at six and a half with the total before the game, take that chance, maybe wait for five minutes into the game, see if that live total drops to five and a half. And it's amazing. It's, it's how quickly it'll drop to five and a half. You won't have to yeah. wait long, just a few minutes and you'll, you'll see five and a half. Now the up. danger, the danger of with, with, with this, because of it dropping six and a half, six, five and a half, you will have a short window for that five and a half at a plus price. But they're going to really kind of fluctuate. That's the one time that it kind of does like how the NFL, where how the drive's going, you know, they give you three points, they take away six, vice versa. So you got to be really quick with with uh, catching a, a full game total that's at six and a half because it could drop to five and a half, but then it could pop right back through to six. So you got to be, you know, have your units already in mind and have everything set so you can just hit okay right away. Yeah, definitely. And just be ready, but be quick on that trigger because they'll freeze the live betting odds as soon as a goal happens, as soon as it happens. And I find often it happens when I'm, especially when I'm actively involved in live betting, the sports book will freeze the screen for a goal, like even five seconds before I actually see the goal on television mm -hmm. or the speed I'm watching. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, always try to have a feed that's as close to to update as possible. And and I would I recommend this too. I like I said, I read a whole wrote a whole article about this, but have your laptop and your phone set because sometimes 
just your your it doesn't have to be your connection, but just the server, something to get through quicker. I know for me, if I bet through my phone live, it goes through about maybe a second and a half quicker than it does on my computer. Yeah, absolutely. I could, no disagreement there. There's definitely it's not only how, where you bet, how you bet, but yeah, they, what technology you use exactly uh, in terms of live betting and how best to take advantage of it. All right, we've got our final game here: Calgary, San Jose. Uh, we've got Calgary minus one forty-five. Uh, road favorites here, five and a half the total uh, in this game. There was an old commercial for Labatt Blue in Canada when I was growing up as a kid. And the motto was, tried and true, you bet it's blue. This is what I always heard. It was a, it was a commercial I saw all the time when I was growing up as a kid. This may not be one of my better analogies, but I'm going to use it anyway, and especially because Labatt Blue had the word bet in that uh, catchphrase of theirs, tried and true, you bet it's blue. Well, in this game, tried and true, your bet should be fading San Jose off a of road trip uh, you know that's tried and true uh right now uh going into this game tonight for the uh, san jose sharks here we go again i yep. mean san jose off a five game road trip through chicago new jersey islanders rangers and columbus i mean how many years do we have to watch san jose hockey and how many times do we have to see this spot play out time and time and time again before you realize you just go against this team off a road trip they had a five-game road trip in October, came home against Montreal, a bad Montreal team. What happened? Oh, they got shut out 4-0 uh, in that game. They returned home off a five-game road trip in November, which ended in St. Louis, came home and played Washington. What happened in that game? Also shut out by a score of 4-0 uh, in that game. And now here we go again, five-game road trip for San Jose, uh, and now they return home. And not only do they return home off a road trip, Face a Calgary team that's been one of the better teams in the NHL for the last, you know, all season, but especially of late. And a Calgary team that's coming off a loss, 3-2 to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in their last game on Sunday. And a team I'm sure is going to be looking to bounce back here. They've been good off a loss, the Flames as well. Uh, their numbers in that uh, in that uh, role, I guess you could say, 4-1 uh, and one on the road following a defeat. Uh, this year, uh, the Calgary Flames. We know their road record overall is magnificent, 11-5 and five, uh, in 16 uh, road games this year. And for Calgary, uh, this uh, Andrew Mangiapane train in terms of him scoring on the road, you, uh, I've been riding that quite a bit. It's been remarkable uh, to see just how majority of his goals have been uh, away from home this year uh, for him. And he just continues to find ways to score. Already on this road trip, he did get blanked in the Anaheim game on this road trip, but he scored a goal, also had an assist against LA, and then scored one of the two goals for Calgary in the game against Vegas uh, on Sunday night. So how do you not take Andrew Mangiapane to score on the road right now for this Calgary Flames team? He just keeps finding a way uh, to light the lamp. I'm going to be a little bit more conservative in this game. Now, San Jose, by the way, they're starting to come back down to earth. They didn't end that road trip great. one nothing and 6-4, one nothing loss to the Rangers, 6-4 loss to Columbus. So, and now they come home and they only have the, the key thing too with this bet against spot for San Jose as well. Uh, Alex is just the one day, you know, following the final game of that road trip, one day off only following that final game of the road trip against Columbus. So not a lot of downtime to decompress, get your shit together, get readjusted to being back home in the Pacific time zone again. And that makes these kind of spots even tougher. So I like Calgary here, but I'm going to play it a little more conservative. Just going to lay the straight full game money line here. Uh, minus 145. If you want to go with uh, in regulation for a little bit more value, I wouldn't argue with that, but I'm going to play it a little more conservative here. Calgary minus 145 uh, in this one. Alex, Flames and Sharks. 
Yeah, you know, we all kind of have our own signature plays. I feel like this is one that we both share as a signature. Fading San Jose uh, off of a road trip. It's something that, like you said, tried and true for well over a decade at this point now. Uh, And I'm going to go with that in regulation uh, with Calgary, that that guy that even money. I think you can find plus 105 minus a dollar faster. Shop around for that, sure, in that range. But uh, you said Calgary won seven of the last nine. uh, They just seem to be in, in the better form. And now with San Jose, I said they just this is just a always a flat spot for them, and they I don't know what it is about it because like I said they've played teams where that team was specifically on their last trek of the road trip, and they still managed to to struggle and lose. So like I said, it's just I, and then having one day as opposed to two or three, which they tend to normally do. It's usually two or three days off when they get back, being a West Coast team. But like I said, one day off that makes it even worse. So I think you know this should be this could be a blowout kind of game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lay the goal in a half. Just in case, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm still being kind of conservative, but not as conservative as you. I'm going to take Calgary playing the regulation. All right, there we go, Calgary uh, in regulation for Alex uh, in this uh, game against the Sharks. You know what I like too? Calgary lost at home the one previous meeting against San Jose this year. They lost at home four to one. So I think you know it sets up well that hey, we lost to these guys the last time we played them, and of course we lost Sunday night to Vegas. So I think you get that focus here for Calgary and maybe a chance to jump on this jet lagged San Jose team. And we know San Jose just haven't had their legs under them in any previous home game off a five game or longer road trip, which this is the, it's a, this is the exact situation uh, tonight. Blake Coleman, he has shot the puck a shit ton and he has not been rewarded for it, but he's finally scored on, I believe in the uh, Anaheim game. It was, he found the back of the net. I think there's some value with him as well. A uh, goal scorer prop for Calgary. Blake Coleman. I mean, his shots on goal are insane. How much, how many pucks he's fired at the net and he probably should have more goals than he's had so far this year. So Blake Coleman for Calgary might be a good value goal scorer prop tonight uh, in this game as well. All right. Great stuff, Alex. That's the Tuesday uh, NHL card. Great show. Uh, Thanks to everyone for joining us. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, Uh, we greatly appreciate it for the support. I mean, the viewership numbers on YouTube and the podcast download, numbers on uh for the uh, podcast version of the ice guys they keep on going up and it can't be done without your support and and we definitely appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us seven days a week right here on the ice guys nhl hockey betting show all right it was a great night collectively on the show yesterday a lot of wins a lot of the viewers and listeners cashed in big on monday night a great night of nhl betting for pretty much everybody across the board let's see if we can try to duplicate that for this big 10-game Tuesday night NHL card. Best bet time. Uh, Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, just want to make a quick mention about the Ice Guys story. You can check it out at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. For the next two days, there's a coupon code for 15% off everything. So if you've been delaying your holiday gift purchasing, you better do that now and uh, take advantage of that coupon while it's up for the next 48 hours. My best bet for tonight will be the Hawks. We're here in Chicago. We're going to watch the game. It's going to be a good time. I think the Hawks should take care of business and, and get revenge on the New York Rangers after that loss at MSG on Saturday. So Hawks plus 110 on the money line. That's my best bet tonight. All right, Chicago plus 110 uh, against the New York Rangers. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. And that's no homer bet or opinion because I like Chicago as well uh, in that game. Uh, but it's not best bet for me. Best bet for me is going to be the game we just talked about, Calgary. A minus 145 against San Jose. Just tried and true. You know, we got a Calgary team facing a San Jose team off a long road trip. They're 0-2 in this spot. Identical 4-0 losses to Montreal and Washington at home off a road trip of five games or more. Just That's just this season 
for San Jose. That doesn't factor in last year, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, six. Yeah, you get my point, right? San Jose has just been dreadful off a long road trip at home for a very long time now. Uh, let's go Calgary uh, minus. Actually, there's some minus 140s starting to pop up. So a little San Jose money. So minus 140 uh, is out there right now with the Flames. We'll go with that for my Tuesday best bet. Calgary minus 140 against San Jose for my best bet for this Tuesday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everybody for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the podcast when you can't watch the Ice Guys live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.